You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio. Uh, first of all, thank you, everyone, for coming on the show. Uh, I'm looking forward to having a regular show uh, talking about training, nutrition, uh, equipment choice, and other ways to get you faster on the bike. I'm hoping that, you know, with each show you can walk away with learning a few things about how, how to get faster and use it and apply it uh, while, while you're off the bike and on the bike. Uh, you know, luckily today we got a hold of Jeremiah Bishop, Cannondale Factory Racer, Super fast rider. I race him a lot. He is a very well-respected rider also, and I'm very happy to have him on board on the show today to discuss a few things. So, Thanks, Drew. Yeah, thank you, Jeremiah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's great to have you on. So so tonight's show, you know, there's been so much talk about doping that I just had to, had to throw the topic in there. But more importantly, what, what I want to talk about is not necessarily the doping, but, but how, how we can go about as riders to – to build some of what dopers are taking, testosterone and growth hormones specifically, naturally. Uh, you know, there's you, using nutrition in certain training types and also getting, getting good sleep can really help build your growth hormone and testosterone levels. What, and for those of you who don't, aren't familiar with what uh, growth hormone and testosterone do, essentially they'll help you heal faster, they'll help you get faster faster, they, they pretty much increase your recovery rate multiple times. And they also help build your performance. So essentially, by increasing those levels, you're increasing your ability to perform better. Um, you know, my take on, on doping, first of all, is I'm completely against it. I think it's completely wrong. Uh, you know, what's happened has happened. But, you know, moving forward, I hope that shows such as this, uh, along with other riders implementing their feelings about it, will educate other riders on ways to you know, not, not use dope and, and drugs to perform better. So essentially that's my thoughts. Jeremiah, what do you, you know, what do you, you've had a long term, you've been doing this for what, 20, 30 years now? <laughs> How many years? Jeez, dude. <laughs> 20 years. Actually. Okay, 20 years. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, I wasn't around before they had suspension forks. So, um, <laughs> yes, I've been very lucky to live the dream and uh, pursue a career as a professional cyclist. I got into it when I was 16 um, I grew up in a broken household. Um, there were three kids, and uh, you know we were in a welfare family with no father figure around. And you know a lot of my friends were getting into trouble, and some were getting into drugs. And and um, you know my mother had a pretty bad issue with alcoholism, and and recreational drugs were around. Uh, I didn't actually bring this up to Drew at all prior to the to the meeting, but. Um, it's, uh, I guess, maybe an interesting reason why I felt so strongly against performance-enhancing drugs when I found out they even existed. So I started racing as, as a 16-year-old kid looking to get out of a bad neighborhood and bad life situation and find something that gave me direction and hope and inspiration and, and uh, discipline. And really, if you look at why people get into sports and what drives them and what really gets them to be uh, better uh, people is that is that instinctual drive. Um, and for some people, you know, they might be running from something, and some people they might be searching for something or just want the adrenaline of it. But everybody wants to get faster and, and achieve their goals, lose weight or, or feel stronger on the bike. And, and for me, um, you know, my sporting career took special purpose when I joined as an athlete ambassador with the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. Um, I answered an online survey a few years ago, and uh, it addressed, 
you know, mountain bikers and road cyclists the same in the survey. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's, it's pretty different. It's, it's actually very different culture. And, um, you know, so I kind of called the survey guy and I was like, you know, to be honest, road cycling is, is pretty dirty and mountain biking is kind of more, you're more likely to see a bonfire and a six pack of beer than, than, um, you know, high, strong performance enhancing drugs. Um, so that sort of segued into a relationship with them and it's been a real eye opening, uh, you know, few years with, uh, the latest news, but, um, yeah, back to, you know, the topic of the night, um, you know, a lot of reasons, uh, why you should pursue a clean career as an athlete and as an amateur athlete. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to, I'm glad to answer any questions as well, but for sure, believing in your legacy as an athlete and knowing that the, the PRs, the records, the Stravas, the, you know, 40K time trial times, your 100-mile best finish is really yours and truly yours, that's something that lasts with you until your your grandkids pick up that trophy and see the time on the back of it. Um, you know, that's something pretty special. And, you know, for me, I knew that, you know, performance-enhancing drugs, I mean, it wasn't even an option. It was a despicable, disgusting, uh, you know, stain on on the most beautiful thing that, that affected my life uh, thus far and, and so it was a very different perspective that I had. So, you know, everybody was complaining about it, and I figured I'd chip in a little bit. So that's uh, how I got involved and, you know, why I'm still involved with the uh, athlete outreach programs that, that they have. And um, really, I think that, you know, for your health and for respect your, of your other competitors, um, those are probably the other two real reasons that uh, performance-enhancing drugs are are you know, a lot worse than people think. And, um, you know, there, there are not a whole lot of studies on it, uh, but I think that some of the cases of illness and premature heart attacks and, and cases that you see of retired cyclists um, actually stem from performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah, so, yeah not, well, not only, not only that, but if you, you know, there's uh, known cases where people essentially, you know, from EPO and from, you know, blood doping essentially die in their sleep because essentially what you're doing is overloading your blood, making it super thick to the point where your your, your heart just can't pump it. Your your heart's a muscle just like you're the muscle. So, it, it you know that that's just one example of the drug EPO, how dangerous it is. You know, testosterone and growth hormone on top of that have super bad side effects. Well, you know, definitely not worth it. Uh, you know, your body naturally produces these hormones. They're not meant to use synthetic hormones to build them. Uh, especially for athletes. It's just not, you know, it's wrong and on top of that. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad we have someone with your experience on, you know, who to talk about this because I wasn't aware of a lot of that. That's, uh, you know, thanks for sharing that, Jeremiah. I appreciate it. Sure. So, so you know, let's get to, you know, we talked a little bit about, you know, what's good and bad about doping. Let's go ahead and move forward and, and you know, talk about ways we, you as as riders, the listeners, can can work on improving Without without using these drugs because obviously they're unsafe and they're wrong. So, you know, essentially getting back to growth hormone and testosterone, they're very important for repairing and, and get, getting your body faster, you know, faster essentially. So, first let's move right to nutrition. You know, a lot of people I think neglect nutrition more than they should. 
uh, they focus on training a lot, but they don't look at nutrition enough. And part of it, I think, is just education, lack of it. Maybe they haven't heard about all the all the uh, benefits of it. Uh, and essentially, hopefully, you'll walk away with a little bit more info tonight. So essentially, growth hormone and testosterone. Carbohydrates, you have three different sources of, of, of uh, nutritional uh, essential nutritional uh, options here. You have carbohydrates, protein, and fat. You've probably all heard about that. Uh, but what you might not have heard of is the glycemic index in carbohydrates. Essentially, sugary carbohydrates, uh, sodas, uh, anything with high fructose corn syrup, that blunts your growth hormone release. So you need to start staying away from that kind of stuff and focus more on veggies, uh, you know, salads, corn, green beans, Things like that that keep your growth or your, your glycemic index lower and don't spike your blood, blood levels. Uh, Jeremiah, you have anything in regards to that? Yeah, I've done a bit of research on that just personally because obviously, you know, when you're trying to compete at the absolute highest level in the sport and, and even sometimes against other people who are doping, you need every edge you can get. And, Absolutely. Um, obviously, there's so much you can do in training so I think the the real untouched um, area for a lot of athletes to improve is is recovery, and that's at least what I found to be a tremendous difference in my racing. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably just in the last eight years or so, when I really made uh, jump um, physically uh, was when I started to treat it more um, like a holistic journey and and one where I was looking at the space between the lines just as much as I was looking at the training. So the good training is is the foundation, but it's the response to training and the overcompensation that makes you faster. So if you can rest more and rest more effectively and then have the proper hormones and and nutrients to, to spur all the recovery and growth and adaptation, then that's a, a real weapon in, in um, you know, the pursuit so, of, of faster racing. So essentially, how much, out of curiosity, Jeremiah, how much sleep are you talking about? When you say rest and recovery, how much sleep are you putting in when you're, when you're really trying to, you know, get on true form early season and, you know, at stage racing? How much sleep do you think you need as a, as a professional athlete to hit that highest performance? How many hours? About and nine hours a, a night and an hour nap in okay. the afternoon. Hour nap. Okay. So yeah, and about you know, that's 10 a, hours total. And at 36, that's really a lot of sleep. Um, uh-huh. But, you know, when I was younger, I used to sleep for 12 hours sometimes. Okay. And so, you know, that's, that's pretty similar to what I do. And do you also, uh, you know, I know another thing that is, is a lot of research behind is, you know, getting what a lot of people refer to, window opportunity after, after a hard effort or after, after stage racing, replenishing all your carbohydrate stores and then getting some protein in later to really, really take advantage of, um, you know, replenishing those stores that provide energy while you're Mm -hmm. racing. Um, You know, is there a general routine that you go through that that you find has worked extremely well in in the past? What is, are you willing to share that? Oh, absolutely. Um, The routine's not really as as static as people think it is. So people, Mm -hmm. you know, think there's a common formula for um, recovery. Uh, But I've sort of honed it down a little bit. Because, you know, obviously being a professional cyclist, I mean, you're, you're fighting gravity constantly, especially mountain biking. You need to be lean. Um, you can't carry a lot of extra weight, and you need to be powerful too. So to strike the right balance, 
um, because all mountain bikers are climbers. You know, you have people on the road who are sprinters or ride in the flats or workhorses, but on the mountain bike, you can't hide. I mean, you have to be able to go uphill exceedingly mm-hmm. well, and that's why you'll see mm-hmm. some of the best road races in the world come from mountain biking, but I digress a little bit. Um, yeah, it's it's super important to um, not overdo the carbs as well. So some people think, okay, I just did an hour-long recovery ride, and I'm going to go carbo load. Um, mm-hmm. No, not really going to work out in the long run. You're probably going to end up stacking on extra weight. So I try to uh, match the amount of carbohydrates that I expend um, during that glycogen window. And um, like Drew said, the uh, insulin response to exercise is is pretty interesting. So my diet will change completely, and I'll actually go for high glycemic carbohydrates with some protein, um, Mm -hmm. especially in the four hours afterward. So I'll Uh probably pound probably almost 400, uh, 400 grams of carbohydrates in the four hours after, um, and a real important aspect of, of, uh, you know, how much carbohydrates I take in is how much I can fuel during the race. So during hundred mile races, for example, I can really, um, eat quite a bit cross country races. You're pretty much just emptying the tank and then you have to fill it back up. And then I shift to a lower glycemic, um, diet later in the evening mm-hmm. and, you know, before bed, you know, pretty much no sugars. So, or simple sugars, um, uh-huh. which is also really important. So my belief is that, um, especially before sleep, that, that's the time when you really have to watch out. So, you know, uh, instead of dessert, you know, it's maybe nice to grab a piece of fruit or something, but, you know, stay away from, like, the, the major sugar. If you want to get the maximum out of your training, um, of course, you know, this time of year is a different story and... Uh, <laughs> You know, it's yeah. a little bit more going out with friends and, and taking a load off. But um, during season, yeah, it's pretty serious business. And if you see me pass on, uh, you know, the the chocolate cake, you'll know why. Yeah. Well, you know, it's essentially, you know, I completely agree with everything you said there, Jeremiah. And you know, the just to clarify, too, for people listening, when uh, Jeremiah mentioned insulin response, what he's talking about is if you look up the glycemic index, you have really sugary carbohydrates, and when you eat something that's high in sugar, it, it responds with insulin. And insulin actually, it, first of all, those high sugar foods are good right after rides. For for example, as Jeremiah said, the first four hours after a ride, you've got to replenish those carbs. If you don't, then your body will actually start eating away at itself to produce energy to recover. After that, it really feels when good the next day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it does. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when you when I'm puffing and puffing behind you. I'm like, what did Jeremiah do? Man, I forgot to take advantage of that <laughs> that window. Um, but yeah, yeah. You essentially don't want to do that. So you want to eat a lot of sugars right after your ride. Uh, you know, a lot of people I think neglect that more than they should. Especially people get just getting into it. They look more at the bodybuilders who say protein, protein, protein. Well, not after a ride. After a ride, you've got to get in your carbohydrates, and you want to be taking in carbohydrates while you're racing too, especially the longer the day. Um, you know, as Jeremiah mentioned, there's, there's, you know, normally the formula I go by, I'm not sure what Jeremiah goes by, I normally multiply my weight by two, and essentially that gives me about the amount of calories I want per hour while I'm riding. So essentially I weigh about 150, so I'm looking for somewhere right around 300, give or take 100, depending on, depending on how hard the day is. Um, you know, Jeremiah, what do you find for while you're riding, what, what kind of 
about how many calories you're taking in per hour, or is it dependent on multiple things, I'm assuming? Yeah, it depends on, uh, I usually take my age and have that many donuts, <laughs> usually. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a rough formula, though. Okay, okay. It so it's... So that's why I can been seeing you in the back of your pockets when I'm riding, huh? It's always no, it's, no, it's definitely <laughs> definitely uh, uh, it, it's it's sort of personal, and it it really depends on how how much time you're spending above um, threshold. Yeah, well, even even below th- what people call typically threshold. So you have uh-huh. have a, kind of a lower um, threshold where you're really starting to draw on carbohydrate stores. Um, but yeah, it, it depends. So time and zone might be a great way to look at it as well. So certain races that are really technical, um, you know, don't have as much um, energy output, and some that are just pedal to the metal are, you know, a completely different story. So it, it depends. It really depends. If it's cold out, uh, that'll really change things um, as your body you know, pulls on your energy stores. So it's, uh, yeah, something that, that takes a little bit of adjusting. Um, as far as carbohydrates per hour or calories per hour? <laughs> calories per Well, just essentially most of the time, you know, you're burning yeah, calories carbohydrates. Per hour, I mean, you know, a lot of it's also uh, dependent on how much you can empty from your stomach. So, yeah, obviously yeah. during a cross country race, I'll be lucky to get two gels. Like a World Cup cross country race, my average was one gel this year. Yeah. And you know how many calories okay. I burn in a World Cup cross country? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot more than that. Um, <laughs> how about two thousand kilojoules in an hour and forty minute race, approximately? Amen. So that's yeah. a lot of calories. Uh, just basically, um, you know, and, and most of it's glycogen and. You know, in a 100-mile mountain bike race, you're burning a ton of fat. Um, yeah. So it's – it's, uh, but it's also longer. So you're – yeah, your shift, um, yeah, from, you know, food that you ate in the morning to depending on, you know, constant flow of energy is, is uh, yeah, it's, it's very different depending on the race. Okay. Good. Well – so so let's move um you know let's go ahead and move forward to so we we talked a little bit about the nutrition carbohydrates mainly um now what's your you know here's my take on on protein you know obviously carbohydrates are essential for for low glycemic carbohydrates are essential for good growth hormone but uh release and also testosterone when it comes down to that uh but essentially right after rides as we've been talking about you've got to get those sugary carbs in you've got to get stuff that absorbs fast it'll really help with your recovery and then about three to four hours later, you normally get a, some good protein in. Uh, and essentially the protein, if you eat the right protein, uh, you know, I've even been looking at some research. If you eat some lean meats before you go to bed, which is typically when you have the highest growth hormone release, normally in that first hour of sleep, if you eat more protein, you can actually essentially increase that growth hormone release a little more, uh, according to research. Research isn't always 100% accurate. It depends on the person. There's a lot of things going on. But it might be something you, you might be willing to try. Uh, you know, you do want to avoid sugary foods before you go to bed for the most part, especially big meals. It could, could add weight, uh, which Jeremiah was touching up on here earlier. You don't want to be a heavy mountain biker. It's, uh, you know, mountain biking is essentially a climber sport. If you can't climb a hill fast, you're, you're probably not going to do as well as you want. So you got to keep your weight down, and you got to keep your carbohydrate stores high, and, and then essentially you want to try to increase these, these recovery rates. Um, you know, some other... Some other factors. Uh, 
some other things I found. If you can increase your zinc stores in vitamin D stores, essentially that increases your testosterone. Have you heard of that, Jeremiah? This is something I ran across the other day. Actually, zinc I have. vitamin D. Yeah, I okay. have. And, you know, when you're racing a really long season, um, some of the reason that, um, not a reason, but I guess uh, excuse would probably be the best word for it, for some of these guys to dope um, is that the races are so hard. That's mm -hmm. a bunch of bullshit. Uh, yeah, my French, but basically, <laughs> you know, if you've done La Ruta, um, yeah, that's that's pretty hard. Um, yeah, if you've done Transylvania Epic or some of the hundred mile mountain bike races, uh, they're on par with some of the hardest road races in the world. And you can, through proper nutrition and proper rest, handle a lot. Um, and mm -hmm. through proper cycling of your training um, cycles. Um, so, yeah, I did a little bit of research because I was fairly fatigued after the end of May and I had a non-responsive training cycle where you train hard and then you just don't get any gains and you're constantly tired. And there was some interesting, um, yeah, literature about that in particular, about zinc. Um, and I hadn't heard about the vitamin D part, um, but there's also some pretty interesting literature on um, uh, tea uh, made out of thistle, not thistle, is it thistle? Yeah, it is actually thistle. Um, no, it's not thistle. It's nettle, stinging nettle. Um, really? Yeah, pretty interesting. So it's, it's <laughs> used to treat male, male pattern baldness in um, Europe. So it goes back a long ways, but um, yeah, their your body's uh, hormone system, you'd have to ask an endocrinologist a little bit more about it than me, but um, yeah, your body has only so much ability to keep up with the demand, and that's a part of the reason why the bad guys, you know, resort to these artificial methods during a huge stage race uh, to keep their, their levels going, and um, but for us, you know, we have uh, good training techniques and good nutrition um, to, yeah, basically keep on top of it. Yeah, no, and I, I completely agree with that too. You know, essentially, as I've been told, as we've been talking about, if you get good nutrition in, uh, and then you get good sleep, you know, those two are super important for for recovery. Especially, you know, both of us are big time stage racers. Uh, you know, you've, you're pretty much the king. What people refer to as the king of stage racing. Uh, in you've what won ten in a row now? Is or eleven? Something like that. Eleven? Mm. Yeah, it's maybe ten. Ten domestic stage races. So in North America, and I like to branch yeah. out and and add a Cape Epic or BC Bike Race to that. But we'll we'll see. We'll see what Canada wants me to do next year. And but yes, yeah, stage racing really. If you look at the difference between that and single day racing, what's the difference? Recovery. <laughs> Yeah, you recovery, and if you, you gotta get nutrition, you gotta get off your feet, you gotta you gotta get the sleep. Uh, yeah, there's not too much more you can do that between that. And you've got if, if, if you know for people listening, if you haven't tried a stage race, you really should. They're a lot of fun, but you know just make sure you have, make sure you're fit enough, make sure you're ready for it, and take the proper measurements and go try one. They're they're just so much fun. You know, you get to come over and uh, you know meet and talk to guys like myself and Jeremiah and a lot of the other pros. And just have a good time. I mean, there's, in my opinion, I, that got, I did one stage race, Transfinity Epic, and got suckered in ever since then. 
Uh, not only that, but you get to test your body. You learn its limits, which is a huge part of why I got into the sport, and I think why Jeremiah did too. You know, you're, you're accomplishing new goals. And essentially, I'm hoping after you, after we get done with this, you also learn you know, other ways to use nutrition uh, and sleep to benefit from that and to use it if you go to a stage race. So, um, you know, essentially moving into some other ways. Vigorous exercise. Essentially, if, you, if you're not doing some hard workouts on occasion, you're not it's, it, taking advantage of extra growth hormone in testosterone release. Hard workouts. I mean hard workouts. And you've probably heard it before. Maybe you read it from Ned. Maybe you read it, you know, maybe Jeremiah put something out there. You've got to make improvements. You've got to really work hard occasionally. You've got to work, you've got to work your butt off. It's got to really hurt. I call them throw-up intervals because essentially you're pretty much throwing up in your mouth at the end. It hurts. If you, if you do those, essentially you can take advantage of more growth hormone uh, and testosterone. At least. Not only that, but if you, you've got to do hard workouts like that occasionally to make some benefits. Do you, um, what's your take on that, Jeremiah? Would anything specific no, it's absolutely that you want? True. It's absolutely true. Um, sometimes, yeah, some of the best things to get you out of a, a slump when you feel like you're not getting a lot of return from your training, and athletes will use this term uh, and coaches will use this term plateauing, if you plateau, there are not too many ways out of it. Either you rest and do less and start to get some compensation, uh, or you need to kick the bee's nest a little bit. And that um, is very well documented. The effects of maximal exercise on growth hormone and testosterone is documented all over the Internet. Just do a Google search. Um, you know, it's really, really interesting, but, you know, I guess it has, comes back to uh, from the days of when we had to hunt animals to survive. <laughs> so it, um, yeah, definitely has a, has a major effect on it. And, you know, I think, I'm not sure if it's maximum aerobic exercise or if it's ma maximum muscular exercise. That's kind of like another interesting question, and I haven't really done a lot of research into, you know, what I'm, part of it does it. Do you I'm, know, Drew? I imagine you have to test your muscular system pretty far because essentially weight training does even increases it more. Uh, mm -hmm. So essentially, if you're doing really hard, you know, I would say about 30 second to three three minute efforts, you're you're going to maximize it more. But essentially, any type of bigger exercise, from what I found, uh, will do it. It's just I, I think you're going to boost it even more with shorter efforts. But ideally, you know, you, you've got to get specific to the race you're doing too to get as good as possible for that. So if you know you're going to be doing a lot of short efforts, you better be doing some short efforts pretty pretty close to the race to get ready for it. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, in the off-season, you know, right now is a really good time. If you haven't been doing some efforts like this, good good time to try them out and, and just make sure you get the rest and recovery in between those efforts before you go out and do them again because essentially if you're not getting the rest and recovery, you're not going to get good workouts in that are going to boost these levels up. So, you know, those are two pretty key points that I think a lot of athletes tend to miss is it's the rest and recovery, uh, and then and then getting the really hard workouts in and just absolutely killing yourself when you're on the bike to the point where, you know, you, you go home and you just pass out on bed. Or that's why I do at least. <laughs> so, so um, now that's. Is, is there anything else you wanted to to touch up on, Jeremiah, that you can think of right off the bat uh, that we haven't talked about in terms of increasing testosterone or growth hormone or anything you want to specifically mention to oh. increase performance? Okay. Well, it's not exactly my area of expertise. Uh, as I said, I know what seems to work and and have read a bit of, of the literature. 
and yeah, definitely um, seems to corroborate well with with what you're saying. And I think there's also some pretty interesting literature out there. It's actually been used in in some uh, doping cases for defense of all things. Is that um, VO2 max intervals, uh, you know, maximum aerobic like stimulus will um, elicit the production of natural EPO, which is obviously a very powerful um, natural erythropoietin yeah. is the hormone that creates red blood cells. Uh, the synthetic version is what some people are used to treat cancer uh, and other um, blood illnesses, but also has been used to enhance performance, as you've heard in a lot of um, prominent cycling cases of uh, doping. Yeah, and I've, you know, I've actually ran across a similar research just recently regarding the exact same thing. You know, when you say VO2 max efforts, too, he's normally referring to you know, anywhere from about three to six minutes. Is that about what you're thinking, what you've read, Jeremiah? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's an aerobic state of of uh, being inside out. And, and pretty much <laughs> I think the, the, the fine moral of all this stuff is it takes hard work. Um, and, and all this stuff we're, t- we're talking about um, comes down to, yeah, really busting your tail and um, – yeah, making a little bit of sacrifice, but if that's not what sport's all about, then I don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, you know, you talk about busting your tail, but, you know, I think that's actually the easier part for me. The hard part for me is sitting around and going to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) He wants coffee. um, You've got to do all of it. You've got it. You've got it. Yeah, I drink a little bit too much caffeine, apparently. But, you know, and then always on the go. But essentially, you know, you've got to get the really hard efforts in. But to get those really hard efforts in, you've got to get the sleep in, too. You know, the sleep's just as important. And then on top of that, this nutrition. You know, getting the right type of carbohydrates in, as we mentioned earlier, low glycemic carbs during the day when you're not, not before you're riding, and then after you're riding and during your riding, you know, get something that's going to absorb a little faster, something a little high, higher glycemic. And then you're taking, taking advantage of getting, you know, eight to ten hours of sleep if you can, and if you get a nap in during the day, too, that's great. You know, in that first hour of sleep, and including a nap, you have your highest growth hormone release in that period of time. So essentially, getting sleep is super important. You know, so take true. advantage of it. It's, it's really hard, uh, you know, a lot easier for professional athletes to do it than, than the regular athlete. But, you know, if you can do it, do it. Uh, you know, that's the best thing to do. And like I said, even if it's, even if it's only like a 30-minute nap, just, just get to sleep after a hard after your really hard days, really try to do an effort of that. And then, you know, some other things, as we mentioned, you know, getting more zinc in your, in your diet can supposedly increase your testosterone levels and also vitamin D. Vitamin D essentially is produced by getting more sun exposure. That's typically the easiest way. Whereas zinc, you can consume more meats, fish, cheese, uh, and natural whole milk uh, and yogurt. So, so those are just a few ways to, to hopefully help you learn to increase your growth hormone and testosterone naturally rather than you know, resorting to drugs, which we <laughs> mentioned before, completely wrong. Uh, not only is it wrong, but essentially you're, you, know, you owe it to yourself not to take it and to, you know, to, to do the sport for the reasons why you got into it, you know, to make new accomplishments, set goals, get better. You know, learn new things about your body. Go out and have fun on the bike. You know, instead of spending money and time on researching drugs, spend money and time on on getting more sleep or getting a new bed. Do something else other than 
just avoid the drugs. What, <laughs> and that's my take on it. What do you, anything you want to conclude with, Jeremiah? I would just want to say that I think that the brightest days for cycling are yet to come. And for people out there who obviously are in a bad mood about all the all the Lance news and all the news about some of their other heroes, you know, whether it be, you know, Vandevelde or Levi or or George, um, you know, these guys all were under pressure and, you know, made the wrong decision. And that was a time at which the cultural weight on these guys was huge uh, to be a part of the machine and, you know, to perpetuate what has, has been a culture of doping. Um, but the change had already been in the air. And I think it's super important for people to understand that even if, um, you know, Lance, you know, didn't try to come back to cycling, um, you know, after his first seven wins of the tour, that the sentiment among athletes, coaches, um, professionals was all that it was important to to clean up and get past the era because the sport I think just wants to have something to believe in and and really that's what makes sport different from real life is that you know it's not about the power and the connections and the money and the the you know all these other factors that that get twisted around in the politics of of daily life it's about you know who wants to go out there on dawn patrol and, you know, put down some intervals and really see what they've got in the tank. And, you know, that's, that's what drives most athletes to, to pursue, you know, what they can get out of their body. And, and it's um, really exciting to see that that change was already happening. This is just sort of closing, closing the door on the dark ages. And I think that a lot of people who are kind of down the dumps about it and, and, and I think it's bad for cycling, need to look a little bit more to the future of our kids and our grandkids and then ask the question, was was it worth it? Was it worth the discomfort of, of you know, the cases and, the, you know, the loss of sponsorship, et cetera? And I think the answer will be definitely, absolutely, because, you know, we want to see inspiring human performances and, you know, that's, that's just what gives me goosebumps when you see somebody climbing, you know, a mountain or or scaling new heights um, or breaking a world record. I mean, that's that's the stuff that that dreams are made of, and they're they're worth protecting. Uh, that's a great way to put it. I I agree with everything there, Jeremiah. It's um, you know, it's been it's been great having you on. Uh, you know, before I finish, if if you haven't liked our Facebook page, Mountain Bike Radio, please do. Uh, we'll have plenty of other shows coming on. Uh, we also have our website, www.mountainbikeradio.com. And you can also email us, info at mountainbikeradio.com, if you have any comments, questions, or ideas for other shows. Uh, you know, I plan to put on plenty more shows, and if you want to hear about something, you know, feel free to email us. Or you can find me on Facebook, Drew Retzel. Uh, you can also find Jeremiah at Jeremiah Bishop. You know, please, like our, please like us or become friends with us. Uh, we, you know, we enjoy talking with our fans. We like and friends. We, yeah, we like friends. We like <laughs> we like to chat on Facebook. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, Drew and I. Yeah, we've been we've been chatting on Facebook a little bit too much, maybe. 
<laughs> yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks, Drew. I really appreciate you having me on. And hey, hey guys. Yeah, I'm still around. And can I? Uh, you yeah, guys yeah. got a few minutes here for some questions. Absolutely. I, yeah. There's yeah. one question we got from uh, Pete, uh, and I think it was Drew's Facebook page, but he sent me an email with a question, and then I actually have a question too. Um, so in, I don't know if this this could be a, a whole other topic, but I think if we just do, you know, answer Pete's question generally, um, you know, as it relates to the discussion tonight, um, and then maybe save it, you know, more detailed uh, discussion for a future show, I think that'd be good. Cool. Um, Will this but, be like so, a presidential debate where you've got like two-minute time limit? <laughs> uh, yes, it is, except for I can cut you off. Good. <laughs> <laughs> no. So, and we have plenty of time left in the show, you know, as long as, you know, if somebody else, basically, if somebody else wants to call in, you guys out there listening, you have a question beyond, you know, what was asked or something related to what was asked tonight, feel free to call in. The number is 646-595-4113. Um, again, that's 646-595-4113. And, um, 646, long- one more time. Five nine five five nine five four one one three four one one three. Cool. And as long as we're answering these couple questions, I'm sh- you know there's I'm sure other stuff will come up. So, all right. Pete asks, um, what is the best way to improve your VO2 and endurance? I have recently catted up, and the competition is blowing me away. So like I said, that's, you know, that's a pretty detailed discussion, but if we could just kind of relate it maybe generally to the discussion tonight and then go into it further in a different show, that'd be fine. Okay. Well, I, I think Jeremiah actually touched up on that a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. you know, but it, is, it essentially, you know, my opinion would be, you know, coming from a coaching perspective, is first, you know, if you're getting blown away by this competition, I, my first question would be, is it definitely, you know, what, where are you getting blown away at? Is it definitely the VO2 max that you need to improve? Or, you know, are you getting blown away on short hills? Or are you getting blown away on long hills? You know, where, are, where is the most need for improvement? And, you know, look at your courses that you're, that you're racing on and try to figure out, you know, if that is really where you're getting lost on, uh, you know, for example, about three- to six-minute efforts, then do more of them. You know, you put some intervals in there. You know, try to figure out where, where that weakness is and apply it more in training. And then, you know, apply also the rest and recovery. You know, make sure you come into those, those hard days, those interval days, where maybe you're training for about a four-minute climb. So maybe do four sets of four-minute intervals with about a four- to five-minute rest. Give you plenty of rest to do another one. And do a maximal effort. And then just make sure you're fully recovered coming into it. And then just make sure you take the procedures that we spoke about earlier to recover more. Uh, I don't, it, it, you know, Jeremiah, maybe you have a slightly different approach. I, I don't know. What, do you, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Well, it's definitely a big I mean, question. It, it it's is pretty much yeah. like, how do I get faster? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but you know, it's that's. Um, I think a good observation, Drew. It's that's a great process. Is is that you need to establish what your limiters are, and attack those with vigor, and that will surely make you faster. Because as your limiters change, and as you become better at the short hills, you know, all of a sudden you'll find out maybe. I'm good at short hills. I have good power now, but I can't hold it to the end of the race. What do you do? You do longer interval sessions that replicate the length of the race. So that's a, a definite, you know, gold yeah. golden rule is work on your limiters. Essentially, if, if, uh, if he has a power meter, 
he should be able to narrow it down and look at the power mm-hmm. file. Uh, whether I, I imagine you know, a lot of people don't have parameters, but if you can get one, that's a really good way to figure out exactly what your limiter is and say, well, you know, I was holding this power, it's only 250 watts to this point, and then and I blew up. Well, you know, how long into the ride was it? How many efforts did you have prior to that? I mean, there's, there's a, that's coaching to, for you right mm-hmm. there. Also, you, you ask, look into ask all your that. friends. That would be a great uh, idea, too. Is, is if like you're not idea. sure what your limiters are, ask someone else who is a, a solid racer that races with you a lot. And it'll be really interesting because there'll be some big differences. They'll be like, man, you're fine on you know short, sharp hills. You just can't last to the end of the race. I've seen it ten times. And it's, it's I, interesting. I got a good question for you, Jeremiah. What are my limiters? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> well then, I'm gonna. Uh, this is no show. This is no show. Jake comes in. Jeremiah, what are Drew's limiters? But then, Drew, what are Jeremiah's limiters? <laughs> Attention span. Go. <laughs> Darn it. Yeah, my limiter is too much. Way too much coffee. Yeah. Well, well yeah, because that's my question. Um, so yeah, I, actually, that's a good question though. What are you know? Just to give people an example, uh, Jeremiah, you touched on it, but each give each other's just one limiter that you noticed. Okay, one one of Drew's limiters that I noticed. Oh man, or one of my you own limiters. This is like uh, what's that show where they cut everyone down and, and no. <laughs> Drew, okay, this is this is okay. This is a good segue, Drew. One of your one of your minor limiters, or maybe just an area for improvement that at least I think might be just confidence. Um, you have a tremendous amount of talent and good training, and I think that given the you know opportunity to maybe visualize stepping on the podium or stepping in the, the winner's circle for a couple of those races where you've come close might be that small, small difference, maybe. It- you know, I, and, you know, Jeremiah, I'm, I'm pretty critical, as I imagine you are on yourself, too, and I completely agree with you. Uh, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, confidence, you know, when I'm stepping up in line with, you know, especially when I, you know, I've been a pro for, how many years has it been now, six, I think, or seven? Uh, you know, and, I, and essentially when I first stepped on the line with you, for example, my first year uh, stage racing, you know, it's tough. It's tough, it's tough to get up a line and say, oh, I'm going to win this race. You know, I've, you've got to stay positive and you've got to be confident. Yeah, and that's stuff that I think you're completely right. And you know, average racer listening in too. You know, essentially, when you stand up on that line, if you can tell yourself and know essentially that you're confident that you can do well and and can stay positive throughout the race, I think that's huge. And you've got a really good point there. And I'm you know, I'm, I'm coming after you. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, to, to that extent, I've I've heard you know I've done a lot of these shows already, and I've done it with everyone from. Uh, you know, the guys just starting out, and that's a common, you know, from guys starting out to, like, you know, pretty high-level racers, and that's a common thing from everyone from the beginners up to guys that are going in, you know, going to be stepping up to, like, Cat 1 level. It's That is such a theme is, like, when you get up the line, you just need to know that y- you can do as best as you can. You know, you, you've put the work in, so just go up there and don't worry what the other people are standing in line with you. Um don't worry about what they got to do. Just worry about what, you know, what your game plan is, and it'll kind of fit in there, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Your turn, Drew. Oh man. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I've been thinking. I've been thinking. I, I can't think of. You know, unfortunately, I can't think of a. 
Jeremiah is such a strong rider. It's hard, and I think that's probably one of his strong suits. Is it's hard to figure out what his what his weakness is. You know, I evaluate a lot of riders when I'm riding, but essentially, when you're racing guys who are stronger than you, or essentially you think they're stronger than you, there's my confidence. You yeah. think they're stronger than you. It's 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 hard. It's very hard to break them down and say, well, is he um, you know weak here, weak there? When you're racing against riders who you effectively think you're stronger than, I, I think it's a lot easier to break them down. So my answer right now is I, you know, personally, I, it's something I'd have to think about more. I, can I, I can't give you, I can't give you a, a limiter right now that I can think of for Jeremiah. Can I, can I jump in? Um, sure. Just from the, <laughs> yeah. yes. from the, yes, like, do. the yes. person standing behind, like, just paying attention. Like, I'm not at your guys' level. I don't race with you guys, but I, you know, I keep, obviously keep up on what's going on. Um, and I would say just from the background of seeing it, his only his limiter would be that he does like too much. So I, I think it was was it, was it one stage race you went into? I think it was maybe even earlier this year. Maybe it was Transylvania. You went into after just after some other race, and the first stage you were tired. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that that's the only thing I would see. You just have too like we were talking beforehand. You have too much too much energy sometimes. Yeah. No, it's very very. Important. That's important. Right. That's why it's great to hear that type of stuff from from an outside source because it's it's so easy as an athlete to overanalyze yourself. You know, I would have said my posture, or I would have said my diet, or I would have <laughs> I, I'd pick a thirty different things that I'm actually maybe okay with. Some things matter, don't matter, but you know, that's that's yeah. good. But you know it better. I mean, you've been doing it for 20 years, so you know it better. Well, but, you still yeah. have habits, and as a person, yeah. that's why I work with Hunter still. You know, even though I have a pretty good um, understanding and, and have worked um, quite extensively with one of the top U23 riders in the world, Joe Dombrowski, um, for a couple of years, and um, just got to see him sign with Sky, uh, the powerhouse, um, you know, it's been been a wild ride, but it also shows you that you always need to learn and always need um, to have a fresh perspective and 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 look to new places to improve. Always, so thanks. Ben. And I and I should note that you also won the Transylvania Epic too, so it didn't really even matter. It matters. <laughs> it always matters. <laughs> no, I know, but matters. at the end of the day, you're still. Or, it wasn't a limiter. Um, well, there's certain right. certain races, you know, you focus on certain races yeah. you need yep. to just get it done. Yep, for sure. All right, so I'm going to bring it back to the topic at hand. So my question is, Drew, you, you've mentioned a couple times that you drink too much coffee. And I know that, you know, among cyclists, mountain bikers start to drink too much beer and coffee. Um, <laughs> so, so we'll tack each one of those separately based on, you know, you, you guys don't do a whole lot of the drinking aspect, you know, when you're really cranking it out during the season. But, you know, let's start with the coffee thing. Is that is that something that, you know, has an effect? And I know you're not, you know, not necessarily, you know, nutritionist and know all the studies and stuff, but just from a practical perspective, is that something that, you know, does coffee, you know, hinder, hinder your recovery? You know, does it... Uh, hold back your testosterone growth hormone what kind of effect does it have if if i remember right you know i've I've read into this a little bit especially with nutrient absorption i can't remember the nutrient it might be vitamin d or vitamin vitamin c it's one of the nutrients it doesn't it it helps or limits the absorption of it 
Um, calcium. Maybe it's iron. It might be. Is it calcium? Iron and calcium. Or, I thought. Yeah. I, I believe so. so. A couple of those. Yeah. Yeah. So, but essentially, you know, caffeine. <laughs> caffeine actually has an ergogenic, meaning a performance-enhancing effect. If you essentially, if you drink it before you go race, you can. You know, there's plenty of studies out there showing it. It can help. Um, you know, as long as you're not. You know, if you're a big drinker already, a big coffee drinker, and you have a lot of caffeine all the time, you know, if you essentially drink about the same amount, I don't think it's going to have a huge or genetic effect. But if you're not a big coffee drinker and you, you're taking about 200 milligrams before a race, you know, who knows? Maybe it, there's some reasoning behind it. One of those reasons being they think it might release free fatty acids that help with energy energy boost, uh, you know, rather than just using yeah. straight carbohydrates. Um, you know, another reason I've I've read is that just mentally it you know enhances your uh, mental aspect it makes you I guess work be able to work harder you know the studies that I've read they say you can work harder and longer than you normally could taking caffeine taking about two to three hundred milligrams before a race <laughs> uh, I'm not advising it uh, if you do try it make sure you try it before your race they'll just say hey I heard this on mountain bike radio let's pop in 400 and see what happens Mm-hmm. Everyone reacts differently to, to um, caffeine, so if you're going to try it, try it. You know, try it maybe a week or two before in one of your harder workouts, about an hour before you do it, and see how you react to it. Because some people, you know, essentially get really jittery, and it actually hurts them more than it can help. Yeah, that's that's an interesting thing about caffeine. From what I've read, is that it's it actually has a detrimental effect as you increase um, the amount of caffeine. So it, it is like a bell curve. So you get some benefit mm-hmm. out of it, and then you actually get um, detriment because you have constriction of your muscles. You start to, um, you know, get rid of electrolytes when it makes mm-hmm. you go to the bathroom and um, stimulates, you know, number two. So it, it <laughs> definitely can it can it can put a wrench in your performance uh, too much, and it will definitely um, wreak havoc on your sleep. So at least for me, yes. uh, no it, caffeine, you know, after maybe 4 p.m. and and that makes a big difference. Well, I broke that rule tonight. <laughs> <laughs> You're on a radio show, man. You yeah, it's wait. like all jacked up. So <laughs> but, and the other thing, the other thing I want to mention too is, you know, from a caffeine perspective, over the, you know, if you're overdoing it over the long haul, you're also getting into the more the hormone issue because now you're affecting your adrenal glands which drive a lot of you know a lot of your system Um, i've actually heard about that i'd be interested to hear uh, a little bit more about what you found yep and that's i think that's a topic for another show too um and another thing i just found because i keep up on uh, there's a couple different sites that i go to um but uh and listen to like everyone should be listening to mountain bike radio. Um, I listen everyone. to other ones too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> the other thing too is now that I'd like to touch on, you know, maybe for a future show, but I think it somewhat relates to this topic and the whole coffee issue is there's something. Just go out and Google bulletproof coffee, and basically what it is is your breakfast consists of a mixture of butter, coconut oil, and coffee, and there's well, I, this is there's so much, uh, Drew. I have so many ideas for future episodes. Um, but anyhow, <laughs> so you should go out there and Google bulletproof coffee, and I think we'll we'll get on the, you know, that'll kind of stir some discussion as far as fat, uh, 
you know, fat oxidation and performance as far as your different hormones. So for future, um, well, yeah. essentially something else you, you mentioned earlier was uh, the alcohol. And I want to touch up yep. on it real fast yep. because essentially the alcohol is is not <laughs> – a lot of people drink it after a ride. But if you're serious and you want to – alcohol has – Detrimental effects on on your recovery rate after after hard efforts. To choose a hard race, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I I'm not gonna say I never drink beer after rides. You know, my no, just choose good beer. That's super <laughs> important. Good beer. Yeah, just right, like take, a coffee <laughs> issue. I, I was gonna say, you know, the most important thing is don't drink bad coffee. <laughs> <laughs> just, so, so so what coffee would you recommend? Because we're always looking for uh, people that want to get involved with the show. So what's your favorite coffee, Jeremiah? I have a few favorites, and I'm I'm definitely always searching the world for a fine cup of coffee. I'll, I'll I'll drink some bad Turkish coffee in Cyprus, or you know, like anything I can get when I need it. But it's it's a, a real treat when you find a artisan roaster that really puts a lot of work into it. And um, Copper Door Coffee, which is uh, based out of Denver, Colorado, um, a guy mountain bikes, and I think he he you know roast coffee because he likes to roast coffee and then he just sells it so he can keep roasting it. I don't know, but um, that one is among my favorites. And another one is Central Roasters here in Warrington, Virginia. makes some fantastic coffees um, that are sourced from around the world. Um, yeah, so I won't plug them too much more, but um, yeah, quality over beer. quantity, folks. I mean, that's, you know, I beer. think the, <laughs> the moral. The moral is, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you have one really good you know, triple box beer, then that's a lot better than drowning your sorrows with a six-pack of PBR uh, after every ride because, you know, it, I think becomes more of an issue as it, as it becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Drew? Yeah. Yeah. You know, something else, I w- <laughs> I'm not a big beer drinker. You, you won't see me drinking too much, but, um, you know, essentially it's, uh, I don't I don't know, I just, had plenty of time, fun times in college. I'm over all the drinking now. Yeah, uh, yeah I drink coffee. That's my straight. I mean, my favorite coffee is straight four shots of espresso. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes six if I really need a jolt. But that's, Ooh, that's um, nice. So, yeah. but you don't. I mean, as long as it's not affecting your sleep. I mean, you're. It, you know. It's yeah. Um, I normally don't have too many issues with it. Essentially, I, I guess I've just. You know, your body slowly accommodates and gets you used to the amount of caffeine. You need more and more to get that jolt. And essentially, I'm probably at the point where I need to drop things down a little bit. You know, the main one of the main things I try to focus on and I encourage other people to do is moderation on everything. You know, moderation and everything. Um, you know, I'm definitely not moderate right now on ca- caffeine. And, you know, I could do better with that. But there's, you know, going back to being critical, as Jeremiah said, every athlete's very critical, uh, especially pros, about what they do. Um, caffeine is something that I'm critical about, but unfortunately, I'm just so addicted to it. <laughs> Do you, well, that brings up a, another quick question here. Um, I'm sorry, I keep dragging this out, but it, I mean, this is something that do, do you, you know, at any point cycle caffeine? So, say, you know, back off for a couple weeks at least, just you know, leading up to a different event or something like that. I well, I'm trying to cycle off it right now. I <laughs> mean. <laughs> I mean, from a performance, from a performance perspective, do you do you do you do that at all? I, me personally, yeah. myself, I've done that in the past, and and yes, if I'm really, 
really want to get a caffeine effect for a race, then yeah. But essentially, my you know main my main core to get ready for racing is I really focus on what we've been talking about: nutrition, training, and recovery. You know that that caffeine is just a little boost. I'm I'm, I'm much more concerned about how I'm coming into the race prior to that for my power numbers, uh, you know, in my weight specifically coming into the race, making sure those are improving, uh, specifically a power to weight ratio uh, coming into the race. Caffeine, you know, if it's a little benefit from it, that's great, but um, you know, essentially I'm not. Mm-hmm. I would know, I'm not quite as worried about it. Yes, for your A races, so obviously it's a big part of the routine, and, and decaf kind of sucks, but, you know, it's as it goes, it's interesting um, that if you take one day and back it off just for one day, you'll notice a pretty big difference, um, and that's at least what I do for my A races. is no caffeine the day before the race. It allows you to sleep a little bit better, relax, and, man, you know, when you have your pre-race cup of coffee, it's like it's good, <laughs> and it gets you it gets you fired up and uh yeah, I mean, for even more effect, um having a washout period where you're like three or four days is is probably ideal um, but uh that's that's a whole other level of discipline that I have, so I go for the one day <laughs> cool, well, I just you know that it it just Drew, you mentioned that earlier, and I just wanted to get your perspective as far as, you know, affecting the, the hormone and performance and that kind of thing that related to the show. So now that I totally derailed it with all those questions. Um, it's, no, these questions have been great. I've, you know, I'm actually hoping that more people chime in and, and throw in a few more questions. This is, uh, yeah, and this I, is good. And I suspect that's kind of that was kind of my intention as well is to, to – um, plant a seed as far as so if anybody has any questions again it's um info at mountain bike radio or you can shoot me an email at ben at mountain bike radio uh check out the mountain bike radio facebook page um and like it that way you can stay up to the like minute second however often you check your uh, your uh timeline on the side um or uh yeah so that's that's that um and uh we'll definitely keep you know, I'll get a page up on Mountain Bike Radio for the show, uh, working on some graphics, too, um, you know, for a header. Um, so let's see what else we have. I think that uh, all the information does it. Um, yeah. So you guys, uh, yeah, anything else you guys have uh, that you want to add before we wrap this up? Well, I'd just like to thank Drew for having me on. And, um, you know, once again, it's a pleasure to be on Mountain Bike Radio. Uh, it's a fun format, and you know, as my wife said, thank God it's not mountain bike TV because she'd have to clean up the house. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's always it's always a great chance to um, yeah, just talk about what's what's new in the sport, and and obviously with current events, this is a great topic, and hope that everybody out there looks to um, you know rewarding ways really to benefit their performance and. If you think about it, it, it sort of transcends, you know, doping, but it also just um, makes you think about the way that you race and, and you know, really, um, you know, respecting the other athletes that you're racing against. And, and once everybody um, has that, that good mojo at the race, I mean, it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, just think about how cool we have it as a mountain bike community and how different that is than, you know, the aggro stairs you get at the parking lot criterium, um, you know, where guys are, 
you know, giving a death look at each other. <laughs> it's a pretty cool sport. And I've, I've got some great friends of mine that are road racers too um, at, at a high level um, that are sort of beyond that. But, again, it's uh, great uh, being involved, in, and thanks for having me, Drew. Yeah. Thank you, Jeremy. Hold on one second. I think I might have a question on on uh, oh. Facebook. One okay. second. I'm not sure if they're flying to the show or not. Yeah, we've been. Uh, we've. I've hijacked your uh, Facebook page, by the way, and I've been going back I and forth with some guys. <laughs> that was going on. I was like, I was like, I'm looking at the feed. I'm like, what is going on? How did all this feed get up? Yeah, I got you guys were talking, and so I took care of all the social media <laughs> aspect of it. But uh, I just want to say a quick shout-out to, um, I won't say his last name, but Pete, uh, who you'll see on your, Drew, you'll see on your uh, on your page. But I, I really appreciate Pete because he's been sharing it with, I think, every uh, organization in the Southeast, <laughs> and he just sent me a list of every everybody shared it with so pete i really appreciate that you're sharing all this with everybody it's it's fantastic and i appreciate it so um yeah but drew i didn't see any other questions other than the one from one, pete one second it's one of my he's typing right now if you want to hold on or we can yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah yeah right the question is it is for it <laughs> it is for it. he's asking how would you apply nutrition to junior racer race okay, hang on one second and we do have another caller here too um oh we yeah. do okay yeah so we'll get to that question in a second but hang on right here all right call are you there yeah i'm here all right uh first name and where are you from and what's your question uh, first, don't have uh, no question. I just want to call and say, uh, you know, it's great listening to you guys on the radio, Jeremiah and Drew. This is uh, Bob from South Florida. You know, uh, you know who I am. That's for sure. <laughs> I do. So Bob I want to say, uh, yeah. Don't worry, it's uh, it's me. I, uh, you know, follow both you guys all summer long. Just want to say, uh, you know, great, uh, great job, good topics that that uh, that came up tonight. And uh, Drew, look forward to seeing you uh, back down here and. Uh, Jeremiah, taking up on that offer for uh, for riding down here when you come over to St. Pete. You got it. It's actually in the planning process right now. Nice, nice. Good. Well, good. Uh, it's still warm up here, though. So <laughs> once it gets cold, then I'm going to cash in. I hear you. What's the, what's the what's the next events for uh, for uh, for you, Jeremiah? Uh, I have a media appearance and. Um, LA, I think that's about the gist of it. And uh yeah, I thought kinda of thought about maybe Iceman Cometh, um, which is November third. Uh but but we'll kinda of see. This is sort of the middle of my, my transition period and I'm finally taking a break. Ben said, um a little <laughs> a little overboard sometimes, so it's time to pull the plug and, and rest up and really repair and and then look to the big uh, next season it starts pretty early so i might go to Iceman um just to have fun and and race and you know try to squeeze in the top 10 there somewhere but it's not uh yeah no more racing i'm i'm pretty much done <laughs> <laughs> i wish uh, i wish we could say the same down uh down here and you drew what's next for you well uh i've got the Berryman trail epic this weekend which is a possible NUE race uh it's only about an hour and a half from here and then Iceman cometh and then I head down to Florida. Yeah, get a race with uh, race Scotty Bob McCarty. <laughs> and, and All right. Ryan. So, so, so I'll have uh, some fun down there after that. See what see what you can do against him down there. 
So, Bob, is there a winter race down in, uh, like, St. Petersburg area? No, no, no. I was a uh, uh, friend of Jeremiah said that because he said mentioned he had somebody down there, and I wanted to uh, to meet up. And yeah. So I was talking to him after after O-Ram. Yeah, well, I'll definitely after be down that whooping of O-Ram. <laughs> so. That was hard. Drew, that was a hard race. Well, Drew, I uh, I look forward to uh, to racing at some point this winter. I I your name came up uh, today, I think, earlier about you know you might have some of the some of the events over here. So I look forward to it, even though it is your off season. <laughs> well, well, I'm looking forward to it too. It should be fun. You've been uh, you've been riding really strong, Bob. So thanks for the call. Thanks. No problem. Yeah. Uh, great great radio. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, thanks. Bob. All right, bye. Okay, so uh, as I mentioned, there's um, I've got a question from Bruce McDaniel. He's got a, a daughter that races uh, in the FSC, and his question is, how do you how would you apply nutrition to junior racers? I'll let you take this one, hmm. Jeremiah. Any what's your yeah. what's your opinion? Well, it's interesting. We get a lot of um, there's a lot of great resources on um, USADA's website. So if you go to www.truesport.org, uh, there's some great information um, from everything from coaching, uh, code of conduct, um, you know, and uh, part of the resources, a lot of their uh, education resources are free. So if you're interested in um, sort of the general, um, you know, concepts behind uh, what they advise for um, you know, collegiate and and you know programming, nutrition and and uh, supplements on uh, policies on supplements and drugs. Then um, it's a great resource. And generally speaking, um, some of the best advice is is to look at whole fruits and vegetables um, and a balanced you know amount of dairy protein. And fish, uh, occasional red meat is important, but to generally look at your diet as um, the less processed food, the better. And you know, I think that um, leaves less room for tampering um, when you when you talk about taking a good food and turning it bad. So, like if you go to, you know, like a macaroni grill or whatever, I mean, they can definitely take, you know, salmon and, and pasta and completely, you know, ruin it with massive amounts of cheese or butter or whatever. But, um, yeah, it's just important to, to look to eat whole fruits and vegetables. And, you know, I would really steer clear of, of a lot of sports supplements. You know, there's some basic ones that, you know, are very hard-lined as far as their um, approach on um, uh, supplements. And if, if uh, you are looking for some good... Um, like sports drinks and and recovery drinks um, that are um, that adhere to very strict standards. Cytomax actually makes collegiate uh, because in uh, NCAA sports um, things like amino acids are banned. Um, you know there are very 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 tight regulations, um, and those just I think. Um, you know, maybe a little overboard for collegiate sports, but it really sets the zero uh, zero tolerance for um, unnatural food, basically. So it's kind of a good good way to go. Um, and there are a lot of great um, natural, you know, recovery drinks and sports um, foods out there that uh, you can find. 
but it takes a little bit of research and um, you know you can't go wrong with some you know Gatorade with some added electrolytes and some chocolate milk for recovery so it's always a good way to go yeah, and I, you know, I'll touch up on that real fast too. I completely agree with Jeremiah. You know, getting uh, as I mentioned something about moderation earlier. You know, when you're looking at a, a diet for a junior racer, first you want to make sure you're getting a lot of vitamins and minerals through foods. Uh, essentially, a lot of a lot of vegetables, a lot of you know, lots of fruits and vegetables. That's what uh, people tend to avoid more than they need, uh, more than they should. Uh, and on top of that, uh, as Jeremiah mentioned, you know, finding a Try to avoid sports supplements as much as possible. Maybe have Gatorade or, a, you know, maybe a, a drink, Hammer Nutrition, whatever it is. Find something that that you're comfortable taking. That if you and if you're in college, make sure it's nothing illegal in it. Uh, I wasn't aware that amino acids were illegal, but mm-hmm. they are. Make sure make sure that you you know, check. Yeah, that's your responsibility as a racer. Uh, whether you're a pro, whether you're you know in college, you've got to look at the back of the nutritional label and make sure that what you're taking, the product you're taking. Is not on, you know, not illegal uh, in in the sport you're in. So check that out, and then um, you know, moderation, veg, fruits, and vegetables, uh, and some lean meats, fish, uh, and then um, low on the fatty acids in general. That's my my take on it. Um, it's just with a, a junior rider, it's just typically they're lighter weight, so they're probably just not eating quite as much as as someone you know, who's a lot heavier. So that's no. anything else you got, Jeremiah? No, it pretty much covers it. Yeah, just uh, those healthy habits really, you know, they're they're almost a lesson for us grown-ups. And and really, you know, we have a three and a half year old, and and um, you know, he'll actually police me as I'm going down the grocery aisle and, and go, Daddy, that's junk food, because <laughs> you know, my wife Erin teaches him that you know certain things are junk food, and here's some juice, milk. And, you know, if you want a treat, then that's a rare instance. But, you know, fruit is a great great snack after a ride or after dinner. And, and it's it's kind of funny how we get sort of, uh, you know, uh, taken off track by all the advertising for this, you know, junk out there. And, you know, it's, it's amazing that if you adhere to eating, you know, natural foods, um, especially... Uh, a lot of vegetables. I mean, when was the last time you overate vegetables? I mean, it doesn't happen, you know, because there's so much fiber in vegetables that it it really it really does the trick, you know. That um, you know, if you save the simple starchy foods for you know when you need to replenish glycogen very quickly, and then lean lean back on on good homemade whole foods. It's uh, it's amazing. It it your body finds a, a natural uh, balance. Um, I, for one, like to juice, um, not like <laughs> some other people do, but um, I have a juicer. And uh, so we joke about how long have you been on the juice. And um, so I put beets and carrots and apples. Um, and probably one of the more invigorating things I do in the morning is, like, you know, make this juice, which is a kind of a ritual. But... Um, uh, it has so many nutrients packed in it. It's amazing. So um, a little bit of uh, ginger. Um, yeah, it's just awesome. And, and you can always kind of mix it up a little bit. But it's, it's really refreshing, and it has a ton of, um, a ton of nutrients. Um, they're bioavailable, too. A lot of the sports supplements that people take, 
I mean, you pee a lot of it out. Um, a lot of the, um, you know, supplements are, are you know, mineral de- derivatives and, and you know, at least in forms that are not uh, easy for your body to absorb. And they're not always in proportion, and nature usually has it right. And this is this is all bringing up stuff that I think we'll go into detail detail on future shows. So, um, so yeah, if anybody has any questions, you know, now that Jeremiah's teased that, um, and you know, any of this other stuff we've been talking about at the end here, um, if anybody comes up with any ideas, I actually got a, a text from a buddy who had some questions on some uh, some Chinese herbs, um, but we'll save that, you know, uh, uh, for a different show as well. So. Um, yeah. So I think you guys is there any more questions guys that you that you got via social media ways? I'm I I don't have any more. Um All right. nothing else popping up here. All right, cool. So I think we'll uh I think we'll shut it down for this for this episode and then uh anybody has any questions, info at send an email to info at mountain bike radio or post it to the Facebook page, uh or send it to Drew at endurancefactor dot com. That's Right, right. Drew it into Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep. You can email me at that. Um, any any questions, shoot them, shoot them to me. Yep. All right. And I think that'll do it. So anybody that's out there listening for the first time, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, you can check out uh, upcoming shows and recent shows by going to mountainbikeradio.com. You can go to iTunes, search Mountain Bike Radio on iTunes, and you'll find it out there. So you can, if you're an iTunes person, you can download it from there. Otherwise, uh, Stitcher.com is another website. Uh, It's a great app for Android or, I think, Apple. Um, You customize your radio show. We're out there. So there's, and the link that you've been seeing floating around is also good. It's archived immediately on there. So there's, Absolutely no reason that you shouldn't be listening to Mountain Bike Radio all the time. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so like I said in the in the beginning a long time ago, uh, that uh, if you have an idea for, sh- you know, that we talk about everything mountain biking, everything dirt. So the the world of gravel grinders kicking up too, and I think that's more related to mountain biking than, than road. So we'll stick with that just because I like it. Um, but anything mountain biking, if you have any ideas, any of the, you know, any emails or the Facebook page works. So, all right, guys, thank you for joining me. Thanks for uh, taking the time, Jeremiah, to come on the show. And thank you. Thank, thank you, Drew, for uh, kicking off the uh, the new show, The Dirt, with Drew Edsel. Um, I think uh, I think this will be good. So I appreciate uh, you doing this. Um, thank thank so, you, thank you, Ben, yep. for the opportunity. It's been fun. Yep. Yep. Cool. And uh, thank you, everyone out there, for listening to. Uh, Another episode of Mountain Bike Radio and the first installment of The Dirt with Drew Edsel. And that will do it. Thank you, everyone. See you later. Thanks for listening to another episode of Mountain Bike Radio. Be sure to head over to mountainbikeradio.com to find a full listing of all the shows, recent episodes, archives, and you can buy some swag, T-shirts, socks, stickers, and you can become a member in which you get deals on coaching, nutrition, products, and a whole bunch of other things. So be sure to head over to mountainbikeradio.com and you'll find all the info you need. Thank you.